Welcome to the show today, guys. We are coming to you again from Love Life Washington Conference at Cedar Park Church. You know the story. I've been reminding you each time with one of our wonderful guest speakers here at the conference today, but this is the fruit of wonderful warrior pastors like Pastor Jack Hibbs and the Love Life team in Southern California that helped put together the whole Love Life California conference this year, January 29th. And then <clears throat> Warrior Washington pro-lifers and Christians got inspired and brought it here. And so we have Sandy Smith, Pastor Jay and Sandy Smith, uh, Jay who's out of town, uh, but his wife is here uh, of Cedar Park Church, who spoke today at the conference. And they just have an incredible, beautiful pro-life story uh, that I had actually heard about from Live Action News and their their uh, news team over there, and then connected with these wonderful pastors who are contending for the right to life of the unborn, for liberty, for the family, um, and for what God cares about in the public square. And it's inspiring as God's uniting those kind of people under a unified banner at such an important moment in this fight. And so uh, we'll make all the links available to all the talks because you're not going to want to miss Sandy and her message, but we're gonna sit down with her now and just talk about all of these issues and their family story and the hope of the gospel and the help of the local church for families. So buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Sandy, thanks for joining me today. Oh, man, it's an honor to be here. In your husband's office at your church. <laughs> That's right. You you remind me of my husband because you smile. Just It's just a continual smile. <laughs> and he's that way, too. Just He's just happy. And yeah, so I well, love I was, your continual smile. I was looking smile. forward to giving him a bear hug today, but yes. he had to go shoot he's guns. He's hugging the and, elks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess you'll, you'll have to te- text your husband this. I, I expect a hunting invitation oh. to the next trip. Then. Okay. Okay. So, Or maybe the, some <laughs> rewards of the fruit that he... Yes, yes, maybe. that would be acceptable. That would be acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, yeah, honestly, it's, it's amazing. It's uh, I, I got burned for so many years trying to work with churches and pastors on this issue, mm-hmm. and it was just, you know, arm's length. We'll talk about the pregnancy center once a year, but that's it. Yeah. That we're not going to do anything else. And hosting a conference, oh gosh, associating ourselves with people who get political. You yeah. know, churches never want to be perceived in any way that yeah. could be perceived as political. It's just cowardice, mm-hmm. of course. But it's so inspiring to see kind of that unification happening yeah. more in the body of Christ with people who actually care about what's happening mm-hmm. and want to stand for the cause of Christ and truth. And so, so your church is incredible. It's been wonderful that be hosted here for, by, by you guys. But and, and you guys took one of my tour stops for the White Rose Resistance National Life Tour that Charlie Kirk and Turning Point Faith are promoting, and we're doing that tomorrow morning, yep, October 2nd. Right. So really looking forward yeah. to that. Um, so anyway, thank you, Sandy. Yeah. But hey, you guys have a wonderful story, and yeah. you shared it today, and yeah. you had people crying, oh. and I wanted you to share <laughs> some of that uh, because I think a lot of people who tune into this podcast, they're actually not necessarily like these – epic pro-life activists Mm -hmm. like most of the people listen to my podcast they're just concerned moms and dads young people christians people that love the lord and and they are getting engaged in pro-life activism Mm -hmm. but it's not like this is not like a students for life podcast for like which i love students for life but for people super engaged no it's like most people tune in they haven't been engaged and they're Mm -hmm. like i want to learn more you know so i think a lot of christians are like man where are the brave pastors Mm -hmm. you know so i think it's cool to hear people's story of like what brought you yep. to this moment right. and how has God worked in your life and story specifically on the issue of life? Yeah, well, we can't take any of the credit really for it. Um, Jay and I both grew up at this church, so it's the church Very that cool. built us, you know? Yeah. And every ministry really um, organically taught us 
that life is precious, yeah. you know? So it was really never a question uh, for us, you know, where life came from and Amen. how precious babies are um, and old people, like yeah. God loves all people. So, um, But Sandy, just to interrupt you, okay. there is something still exceptional and unique about you and Jay and the mm-hmm. church because it does take courage. Because yeah, what you just true. said about your church, we could say about many churches. That's true. The clip I played of Chelsea yeah. Smith today, yeah, she basically goes and says, what did she say? I have a lot of respect for people who believe the baby yeah. is a baby and it's a life. And it, and it's a it's an honorable thing to want yeah. to protect life. Yeah. So we have lots of, of Christian leaders who pay lip service yep. to the pro-life issue. But when it came time to stand, yeah. when the hour was late and you were needed the most, you flinched. Hmm. You abdicated. Yeah. You well, abandoned the preborn, and so so anyway. So it, so it takes it takes courage, and just as cowardice is contagious, so is courage, hmm. which is why we need more of those pastors standing. Because yeah. you know what, people look at you and Jay, yeah. and churches, like, and Jack and Rob McCoy yeah. and others, and Alec Rollins. Yeah. They look and they go, oh. Maybe I can do it too. Yeah. Well, for such a time as this, yeah. and by the grace of God, yeah, we stand. Yeah. You know. It's good. Um. And so I don't know all of Chelsea's story. So you're story, raised in this church? Yeah. Um, yep. We were raised here. We met when we were three years old. So we love oh to say gosh. that we met in the nursery. <laughs> and yes, because when my dad came who to me. Who hit on who first? I, I don't know. It's those diaper butts. <laughs> yeah. So um, we met in the nursery. When, when my dad came to be the senior pastor of Cedar Park, Jay's parents were actually some of the founding members of the church. They oh, were wow. already here. His dad was a deacon. So we were raised wow. church brats, um, PK, you know, uh, board members' kids. So yeah, we, yeah. we grew up um, all through elementary school. Our family even did, like, vacation together. I think we did a cruise when we were – I had two brothers, and they were <laughs> best friends with Jay. And we have two older sisters, nice. and they were best friends. So it's like our families were knit together. Um, pretty young. I have an That's amazing adorable. mom and I know. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, and so we started dating the uh, summer before our senior year. So we had a lot of mutual friends. And finally, we got together. And we were leaders in our youth group. You know, we were definitely like high profile people in our in sure. this church, you know, which was a large church as it still is. Um, and so uh, we we both loved Jesus and still do. And Jay felt a call to pastor when he was just 12 years old. So we were kind of on that trajectory. We were both registered for Northwest. It was college at the time. Now it's Northwest University. Um, And so we had a bright future in ministry and whatever that looked like. I love to sing. So I was just kind of exploring what that would be like. Um, And so we did not set up good boundaries for ourselves in our relationship and ended up getting pregnant. Um, I was 18 years old. He was 18. When I found out, we had just graduated high school, so it was like around August. He was actually on a tour traveling with a music group for Northwest College. And um, again, I like I remember going to like a, a Rite Aid that was far away from my house, just praying I wouldn't see anybody because I bought like so many pregnancy tests. I was terrified. Wow. Just absolutely terrified. Um, what year was this? 96. Yeah, 1996. And I don't know how many tests I actually took. I think finally when they were just positive, positive, I just gave up. Like, I'm definitely pregnant. So, you know, talked to my mom who, it was just sad. It was really, really hard, really sad. Um, called Jay. You know, he just, okay, I'm, I'm coming home. Um, wow. So, I don't know. A lot of it was a blur. We ended up getting married, um, like, barely a month into knowing that I was pregnant. So, I knew right away. Um, Jay and I had... We had already talked about getting married, which I was grateful for 
because sure. um, we knew that we were planning to just you know graduate college and then get married. But yeah. but so we already had that that conversation that we loved each other enough to be married. So we were just going to do it a little bit sooner. Sure. Um, some really impactful things for us in that season was um, when I when my dad found out. So I told my mom first, and my mom tells my dad. Yeah. And then Surprise. I had gone to bed early, and my dad came into my room, and it was the lights were out, and he just sat by the edge of my bed, and I was crying, and he just said, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, um, well, I want to give the baby up for adoption. I just, it never even crossed my mind that I could keep the baby. Mm. Um, and so, but he said to me, that baby is your responsibility. And so when my dad said that to me, I, it's like gave me all this courage um, wow. And so I said, well, then I want to get married to Jay. And he said, well, that's not your decision to make either. Because he didn't want us to just rush into a marriage, you know, because we had made one mistake. And so he didn't know that Jay and I had already had this conversation. Yeah, yeah. But to just back up a little bit before that conversation, I, um, when I first found out, I didn't know, like, I did not want to be pregnant. I bargained with God, obviously, you know, just like, God, I'll do, I'll, you know, I don't know what, I'll do anything for you. Send me to Africa. <laughs> just don't let this yeah, be, yeah. don't let this, you know, be pregnant. Um, and so I, that's when the thought of abortion kind of crossed through my mind. And um, growing up at Cedar Park Church, uh, we had heard so many stories about um about life, you know, we had we would dedicate babies on Sundays, and we had women share their testimonies who had had abortions, mm. and so um, I remember those moments of um, those women talking about their abortion, and we're talking like decades after they'd had an abortion, and they were wow. still crying about it. Yep. There was so much regret in their voice. Right. I could see it on their face. Um, so all these things were kind of flashing through my mind as I considered abortion. Yep. And it, you know, honestly, it wasn't like I almost aborted, you know, Talia, but it was definitely a thought that came through my mind. But I believe because of things my parents had talked to me about, the way that our church had um, talked about life, right. we had prayed for infertile couples in our church. Mm. So I had seen that desire in so many families for life that right. when I, when I was, you know, I just knew this life was precious, yeah. made in the image of God and formed in my womb. And so even though I might save myself a few minutes of um, embarrassment or shame or, you know, yeah. a different path, I don't know. I just feel like God was so gracious to me and um, gave me just such an amazing family. So then after that, having that conversation with my dad, um, Jay, you know, Jay came in to talk to my dad because he basically wanted to say, hey, I want to marry your daughter. Yeah. Um, and so my dad said to him, well, what are you going to do? And Jay said, well, I will drop out of college and I will just get a job and I'll take care of our family. You know, which was a very like yep. manly thing to do. But my dad said to him, um, you know, you need to go to college. And and because um, my because Jay had also said, I don't feel like I can pursue that ministry calling with this type of uh, mistake. But mm -hmm. my dad said to him, that's God's choice, not yours. And so that was really the reason that Jay stayed in, in school. And we both went to school in the fall. I just didn't finish my first semester because wow. I had a, you know, I had a baby mid-semester. <laughs> so I just became full-time mom. Well, we both worked on the side too. So we, when did you guys get married? So we got married August 5th, 1996. So you were 18 or 19? We were 18. That's amazing. Yeah, and Talia was, when Talia was born, we, I was 19, um, you know. Wow, that's amazing. 
It's, what, a, what a beautiful story. It is a beautiful story. And when I look at Talia's life now, she led worship with me today. Yeah, yeah, at the conference. For the yeah. conference. And I just see what um, what the enemy wants to steal. You know, something that, that God Amen. landed in my heart just Wednesday when I was kind of writing down what I was going to share today. Um, we've been, I've been helping some local churches find worship leaders because there's been a shortage of like worship pastors in our area and like just people who will step in and lead the church in worship. Yep. And, um, and so I was kind of helping to fill some spots just from people from our church and just wherever I could get people. And um, I felt like God just said, I wonder how many worship leaders, how many guitar players, how many piano players, how many singers, um, how many kids pastors have been aborted. Yep. You know, and it just like hit me really hard, especially yep. because a here's my, my daughter. A third of my generation is missing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's real. Like, And I feel like that children are God's strategy for the gospel. And so Satan is attacking God's strategy yep. by those lives. I mean, this isn't just babies. These are like actual lives that are pe- that people, they're going to become people. They're going to become leaders. They're going to become worship leaders, pastors. And I, I think we as Christians like to think that the problem is the world. And I think that what I, my eyes are being opened to is that it's actually if the church would just, if the pastors, if parents would just say to their kids, hey, if this ever happens to you, son or daughter, like, yeah, we're going to be disappointed. We're going to cry. We're going to mourn for your youth right. or whatever. You're, but we're also going to celebrate life. Yep. You know, so I had a few moments of shame you know, some uncomfortable conversations with people. They're like, sure. oh, how come you guys got married so fast, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, but now we have a lifetime of yep. a life, yep. you know, and of a family that you can't replace that. That's you right. know, no career will ever replace the beauty of a child in your yep. arms. You know, no success, yep. anything, no, any other achievement you could go after yep. could even come close this is, this and is hold the, a candle. It's the, it's the sacrament of Satan. It's yeah. the stronghold. Yeah. There are many strongholds, of course, mm-hmm. in the culture of death today. Yeah. As we've, you know, kicked God out of our schools and mm-hmm. abandoned the uh, Judeo-Christian-based laws that yeah. built this country. But abortion may be the strongest stronghold of all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the ultimate demonic attack against yeah. the Im- image of God, yeah. the family, yeah. babies, children, yeah. kind of close to the heart of God. Yes. And the longer we've tolerated this in the church and in the country, the more impotent and spiritually dead we've become as mm-hmm. well. I mean, Satan has free reign in our churches because mm-hmm. of the stronghold that abortion is in the hearts of so many men and women. Mm-hmm. And pastors say, I don't preach on abortion because I don't want to offend the men and women in my church who've had an abortion. Bro, it's the other way around. Exactly. Your silence on abortion does not spare the men and women in your church hurt. It spares yeah. them healing. Yes. And, and you need to help be used as a vessel of the Lord to bring breakthrough, 100%. to bring repentance, kind yeah. of an important thing in Christianity, Chelsea yeah. Smith, right? Mm-hmm. She said today in the video we played, God's focus is love, compassion, and forgiveness. Uh, well, I'm sorry. The thing that, that precedes forgiveness is actually something called repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to bear fruit, says John the Baptist, in keeping with repentance. Yeah. And then you will start having freedom. Then you'll start yeah. having breakthrough. Then you'll start having healthy families again. Yep. Um, and so people need to be empowered to speak and to share their stories yep. because it gives other people the freedom to do so as well. Yeah. So as Christian pastors you know, or moms and dads, but I'd say specifically pastors and leaders, if you aren't 
if you are unwilling to speak those hard truths to your church, then you have the fear of man. Man, yeah. Right. And so you, you either need to repent or you need to leave that church because you're not helping the gospel. So, you know, don't preach in the name of the gospel, but deny the gospel of its truth and of its power. And it's really just that simple. And it seems really like harsh. Um, but I remember, I hate to say it, but like when my, one of my daughters saw the interview with Chelsea, she came downstairs. She's a 20 year old bawling. Mm. She's like, mom. Like, these are our leaders. These are the people that people follow them, Christians. I knew it would be hard, which was partly why I did it today, because I I know that this is their area. Yes. And I I know people who came to the conference today used to sit under them as youth pastors. Um, And and, and it's very important to identify false teaching Mm -hmm. and false teachers. Paul, in, in, um, in the New Testament at one point, he, uh, he talks about this man who had sinned against him, um, and he calls him by name. I think it was like a, a, a blacksmith or something. Mm. Uh, but it's interesting. The point is this. Paul doesn't go, um, yeah, this, this guy who's a Christian and, uh, and is in, uh, you know, Laodicea. No, he says, he says, uh, that, that guy, Bill, the blacksmith mm. over there on that corner. No, not that one. The other one. Yeah. Like he's very specific, specific to say that man is slandering the name mm. of Christ. That man did me wrong. That man lied. And, and I want you to know, I want everyone to know what his name is and who, where he lives. Like, whoa, that we don't talk no, like that in the church very today. But it's very important to do that because ideas have consequences yeah. and bad ideas have victims. Yeah. And nowhere is that more true today than the issue of abortion. And so when we have these shepherds um, and leaders leading their people astray through false ideas, Mm -hmm. you bet I'm going to call that person by name and identify the flaw. Because you know what? That's freeing. Yeah. And that helps people break free from that oppression or the lies being yeah. being peddled or promulgated. So when I go after people like Russell Moore, Tim Keller, Ed Stetzer, Rick Warren, Chelsea and Judah Smith, I don't do it out of a spirit of hatred mm-hmm. or vindictiveness. I do it out of a love for the truth. Yeah. And what you're saying is incredibly damaging, hurtful, and, and uh, wrong. You know, yeah. So. Well, the, the thing that I hear a lot that I understand the sentiment, but it also makes me mad is like, we don't want to hear what the church is against. We want to hear what the church is for. And being for something means you have to be against the, exactly. the opposite. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, ugh, yeah. I hate that one so much. Yeah. I'm not against abortion. I'm for life. It's yeah. Like, yes. It's like you wouldn't say that if you were living in 1939 Nazi Germany. You yeah. would be like, yeah. yeah, I'm against the Holocaust. Yeah. Yes. And I'm going to say I'm against the Holocaust. Yeah, but not, then you're just an angry you're, Christian. You're not, don't be anti-Holocaust. Be pro-Jew. It's like. Yes. Okay, it's, it's the like same the thing. Splitting hairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's be, it's because of this, Sandy. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll I'll get your thoughts on this and we'll wind down. Okay. It's because of the idol of cultural respectability. Yeah. We want a place at the table. Yeah. We want to be liked. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be reviled. Mm-hmm. And that's why people like Carl Lentz and yeah. Chelsea and Judah Smith and uh, what's that other guy, the, the Justin Bieber mentor guy in LA. That's why the, these guys never touch the controversial issues. And usually, Sandy, those controversial issues are some of the ones closest to our Father's heart. But they won't touch it because they have political influence. They Mm -hmm. have a place at the table. They rub shoulders with famous people. They have lots of people coming to their church and tithing. They don't want to compromise that. And it's no different than Lot. Lot, who, when it really mattered in Sodom and Gomorrah, when this sexualized culture of death mob came to his house, 
It says, it says actually, in, men from every part of the city came to Lot's house, so from every part of culture. And what do they say to Lot? Bring those men out that we might have sex with them. It's like, well, they're angels, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, these people are literally trying to bang angels. They're not, can you get more depraved? No. Like God gave you over to a debased mind. Like well, so, now we understand why God towards Sodom, right? Yes. Uh, and so really in Seattle, San Francisco and LA are the Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of the West Coast. But, and Lot comes out and he says, hey, brothers and sisters. So he tries to relate to the sexually mm -hmm. obsessed mob. But he, then he does lob truth out there. Mm -hmm. And he says, don't do this wicked thing or abominable thing. Mm -hmm. So he even calls their actions wicked. Yeah. But then when it mattered, yeah. He said, here are my daughters. Yeah. Have sex with them instead. So Lot was saved, but he wasn't salty. Right. So Lot's wife yeah. becomes in death what he should have been in life. Yep. A pillar of salt. Well, something that Jay says often at our church and just even in our home and to me is that we're not after success. We want to be faithful. Yeah. And so that's the difference, right? That's when right. that fear of man comes up or that desire to sit at the table uh, to, to tickle man's ears, yep, that's right. you know, we want to be found faithful, faithful. to God. That's yeah. our number one goal. That's good. Yeah. That's very good. Well, Sandy, thank you for being faithful and the faithfulness that this conference evidences and the fruit that will come from it too. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's inspiring to be, I'm a SoCal boy. I don't know if I told you that, but Southern mm -hmm. California, LA wow. area, born and raised. We just moved to Kansas, so my wife's family and support system. But but yeah, I was in uh, California my whole life until about three months ago. So I know hey, the deep blue yeah. pro-abortion yeah, states do. that seem mm -hmm. so lost, and uh, Washington's in there too. Um, so we're going to be back uh, here tomorrow morning, and then we're going to be back. I'm going to be at a <clears throat> Father's House Church in um, um, Longview, okay. Washington in Oct uh, in 30 day, October 30th for part of our tour, which is just north Wonderful. of Portland. Good. So there are the remnant churches yeah. in Washington, yeah. and we're grateful for you guys. So thanks for sharing your story. Um, where can people learn more about um, Cedar Park Church? Or if you guys yeah. shared your story anywhere, how can yeah, people connect with the church and you guys? Yep, cedarpark.org is a great place to connect with us. Um, I, yeah, I think Live Action has done stuff. But also um, check out lifepnw.org. We oh, have yes. another life Tell chain. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we did a life chain for the first time as a church community here at Cedar Park um, this last year. We took a lot of our student body. It was very eye-opening to our community and realized we have some work to do in the area of yeah. speaking life. So we want to continue that. Um, so we have another life chain coming up April 29th. It's a Saturday. We're going to meet down in downtown Bellevue Park. Anyone's welcome. We're just it's a we're there to pray to celebrate life, and we have flags for everyone that says life is precious. But you can sign up at lifepnw.org. Awesome, wonderful. Well, thank you, Sandy. Thank you Thanks so much Appreciate for hosting so the much. conference. Absolutely. <clears throat> thank you guys for tuning into the show today. Uh, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. It really helps, actually. Go subscribe at my Rumble channel because YouTube is eventually just going to cut me off completely. Um, TikTok, interestingly, I've, I was getting tens of thousands, and now it's been like 400, 200. So something's going on. Um, go to Cedar Park Church. Check out their messages and sermons and ministries. If you're ever in the area just north of Seattle, uh, come to Cedar Park Church on a Sunday. <coughs> Excuse me. Check out everything they're doing. To... Um, See all the messages from Love Life Washington Conference. Go to lovelifewashington.org and those messages will be updated in the near future so you can catch those online as well or the Love Life YouTube channel 
to see my speaking schedule, to book, book me for an event, go to sethgruber.com. And to become an ally of the White Rose Resistance or get on our calendar for our 2023 tour, go to thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life. Until next time, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Thank <laughs> you.